Last night, the Carolina Hurricanes went down to Dallas and came away with a big overtime win with Marty Natchez scoring yet another overtime winner against the Dallas Stars. But this game wasn't without its storylines as Frederick Anderson left the game after the first period. And we will talk about all of that in this episode of Locked on Hurricanes. Your Locked on Hurricanes, your daily podcast on the Carolina Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Kaniacs and Stars fans. I am Jared Ellis, and today I'm joined by Dane Lewis from Locked on Stars as we break down last night's overtime game against the Dallas Stars, or in your case, against the Carolina Hurricanes. But first off, thank you, everyone, for making Locked on Hurricanes and Locked on Stars your first listens of this Thursday afternoon. And this episode is, of course, brought to you by the lovely folks over at FanDuel Sportsbook official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. How are you doing today, Dane? I'm doing well. Uh, wish, you know, that the Stars could have maybe pulled out one of these two games between the, the Hurricanes and them over, you know, in overtime. Two really good games. So hard to complain with the product we've gotten for between these two teams this season. Had some pretty good games last season and it's carried over into this year. And I might be getting ahead of myself, but could be, you know, a preview last night. What we saw could be a preview of maybe a potential Stanley Cup final matchup. And if that's the case, I would very much enjoy seeing a best of seven series between these two teams. Yeah, this would definitely be a really fun one heading into this game. I I know the Hurricanes, they are still first in the Metro division, but heading into last night's game, the Stars were also top of the Central division. These were two heavyweights going at it last night. and. You know, Frederick Anderson, he was back from injury, uh, and that's who the Hurricanes elected to go with last night, which was a great idea, you know, to start out with, but quickly didn't turn that way as he left the game with an upper body injury as of recording 3.07 p.m. Eastern time. Haven't seen any updates. All the talk today has been about the stadium series jerseys getting released obviously you want to hear my thoughts on that you can go listen to that episode but you know this was a this was a tight game you know obviously you know overtime but these two teams they still while obviously were removed you know from that you know weird realigned season you know a lot of guys are still you know with these teams and they they know how each other play and that's a big thing and you could tell in this game they knew how to play each other keep it tight you know the hurricanes they weren't giving the stars a whole lot the stars same thing they weren't giving the hurricanes a whole lot either yeah i mean it, it's two teams that don't always give you a ton of ice to operate with and two teams that also can hold their own uh, on the physicality side and we saw that with the the fight uh, with Luke Glendening and, and, and Pesci, which uh, yeah. after the game, it's funny. Luke Glendening mentioned that he didn't even really see what happened. He just saw Yoel Kiviranta go down and just decided to drop the gloves and see if anyone would oblige. So it, it was mm -hmm. just that kind of game. And 
I, I think that there's a you know th- there's connections all over the place too with of course Brent Burns being a former teammate of Joe Pavelski and also both of those guys playing of course under Pete DeBoer in San Jose so like you said plenty of connections on the ice of you know a lot of these guys know how the others operate and mm-hmm. I, I mean yeah a, a highly entertaining game despite you know only what five goals total and uh, a scoreless third period. I mean, it, it's about mm-hmm. all you could ask for with uh, with teams like this. Yeah, and yeah, I, I think sometimes people underestimate just how much you know understanding how another player, another team operates, how big of a factor that plays into games. They'll just kind of see, oh, this team's record is this, this team's record is that, this team's gonna run away with it. But that isn't always the case, and you know. One thing, you know, we're talking about the schoolers uh, first period. First period was not like that. Sebastian Ajo, you know, first his first shot of the game, you know, in the first 10 minutes, you know, you know he's, uh, or, excuse me, Frederick Anderson uh, was facing just one shot in the first 10 minutes. I was uh, reading the notes wrong. Uh, but Sebastian Ajo, you know, opening the scoring for the night, you know, that was a big goal. Uh, for him because that was his 200th career goal and it tied him with Eric Stahl in shorthanded goals uh, in Hurricanes history and he also took the lead for shorthanded points in franchise history so that was a big goal for him there in terms of you know the history books for the Hurricanes and just continuing to cement himself uh, in you know, the Hurricanes history books, and that's great. And also, he is now the 10th finished player in NHL history to reach that milestone. So congratulations to him. Yeah, he he's a guy that I, I mentioned on my, my pregame show saying that he didn't play whenever the Stars and Canes met up in Raleigh back in December, uh, like a week before Christmas. And, you know, mm-hmm. I think that that, obviously the Hurricanes did fine without him. That was another competitive game that went to overtime. But I mentioned that he was going to play a factor. And sure enough, the the Stars, who are generally a very good team on the power play, they make a mistake. And Ajo's not a guy you can uh, turn the puck over to and give a ton of open ice. I mean, he moves with so much speed and finesse. And I mean, he yeah, that, that shorthanded goal ended up being a pretty big factor. And I think how the game turned out, the Stars able to rebound off of some pretty mm-hmm. odd goals. I know Wyatt Johnston's goal was, you know, yeah. stolen off a faceoff. And Jason Robertson's from an impossible angle. I mean, nine, you shoot that shot 10 times. That's probably the only time it goes in. And yeah, I still you know, nine know times out of that. 10, nine times out of 10, Freddie Anderson makes that save or, you know, Jason Robertson misses. Cause I think he was literally in the trapezoid, like, you know, a foot or two behind the goal and it just caromed in. And so, I mean, it, again, just that kind of game with not mm-hmm. a lot of space. And sometimes you just need the puck to bounce your way. And uh, the stars got that and it was enough for them to get a point. Yeah, and that's you know obviously a big thing for them. You know, still coming away with a point, and you know I always talk about you know these these weird goals, you know, and taking opportunities. They always you never realize you know just how much that can pay off in the end. Because had you know the Stars power play been how it usually is for them, they don't give it that shorthanded goal. All right, yeah, they come away with two points. You know, you just take that shorthanded goal out of it. You know, it's two points right there for the Stars. You know, they come away with the win. There's no overtime. and But that isn't the case. You know, the Hurricanes 
thankfully took advantage of an opportunity that they were given on special teams, which hasn't been the case a lot this year. But, you know, I think, you know, a big blow for the Hurricanes was, of course, Frederick Anderson uh, going out. But and we'll talk about that later on. But I do want to get your thoughts, you know, from the stars, from the stars perspective of what you liked from them last night. Obviously, you mentioned, you know, those two goals and then, you know, stuff you didn't like from them, stuff you want them to improve upon. Yeah, well, I'll start with the the negative side of things, and I think it's pretty clear for people that have been watching the Stars all season. It's their overtime game isn't very strong. That they're now three and nine past regulation. I think they've only won one shootout. They've only won two, you know, normal overtime games. And it's weird because last season they were one of the best teams past regulation. They only lost maybe four or five games in overtime and shootouts. But the script has flipped this year, and I think it's. One of those things where the team, while they have good skill players, and I think the three guys they started with last night in Miro Haskin and Jason Robertson and Rope Hints, like those are guys you want out there. And in theory, if you have those three on the ice, you are probably going to win over time, or, or so you would think. But mm-hmm. it just hasn't been the case. And I think that there's a, and Coach DeBoer talked about this after the matchup as well in his post game presser that there's just maybe a little too much intensity out there that the, the stars are maybe just not accustomed to in the five on five format. And I, I think that there's just kind of now that lost confidence. And he mentioned, you know, getting that swagger back and finding a way to get at least one to go your mm-hmm. way in overtime. And then that builds momentum. Whereas you lose a few games in overtime and you start to generate negative momentum, if that's even a thing. But I mean, they lost on Monday night against Buffalo in overtime. And then that I think carried over a little bit into to Wednesday night's game. And so you'd want to see that get fixed a little bit just for the sake of acquiring more points I think the race Mm -hmm. in the Central Division is going to continue to be tight with Winnipeg only a couple points behind and Colorado starting to slowly, you know, gain some ground and get healthy again. So you can't leave too many points out there. Otherwise, that could affect your playoff seating. But once you get to the playoffs, I think the Stars will be okay with the the five on five format in the playoffs. I think their team and their roster is much more built and structured for that. But the, the things I did like from the game were the stars penalty killing. I know the, the, the hurricanes power play, which to my shock wasn't ranked as high as I thought it was, but no, it's you know, two, crap. Yeah. Two opportunities. I mean, you just think with a, a team like that, I, I was mm-hmm. genuinely surprised, but even then sometimes the stars PK as good as it's been, has been faulty and given up some, some power play goals to bad teams like the Anaheim ducks or the, you know, the San Jose sharks teams like that. But I thought they looked good in those two opportunities. And I think they, it's just a good sign that they did play so competitive against a team in Carolina who, has had a, a great season and is playing very well in a competitive Metro division, but also specifically on the team. I think Wyatt Johnston, uh, who we talked about just a second ago, deserves a ton of credit for not just scoring the goal, but many after the game, we're talking about on social media that he was the best player for the stars on the ice and he's only 19 years old. And so I think mm-hmm. that's a, a testament to him and the kind of player he is that he's being the best player for the team, uh, you know, some nights. And in this case against a team that, you know, is, is considered one of the best in the league this season. Uh, and so you, you get that from a kid who this is his first year in the NHL, dominated at the junior level, but lots of questions of if his game can translate. And now he has 13 goals on the season, second in rookies uh, scoring goals, only behind Matty Veneers in Seattle. And, and I think, you know, there's not too many questions or hesitancies about him anymore, like there were during training camp and during the start of the regular season of, you know, okay, maybe he gets off to a good start, but is it sustainable? And you know, through 50 games, he's had some ebbs and flows here, as you would expect a, a 19-year-old rookie to have. Yeah. But 
overall, he, he's been fantastic. And I think Wednesday night was kind of a, you know, a, the final proof that we needed that, you know, he can definitely hang around with this team. And, you know, he's not the biggest guy on the ice. And again, Carolina, Dallas play a physical game and he's right there in the thick of things, you know, playing his game and not letting it affect him. And I mean, he almost scored the the game winner on the, that spinorama play mm-hmm. at the end of the third, it just dings off the post. I mean, I think that the, the building in Dallas, the, the American Airlines Center might have collapsed if he hit that shot. Uh, the crowd really wanted that one to go in, but still an incredible effort and incredible game from him. Yeah. And you mentioned the physicality. I'm looking at the team stats, you know, from last night, you know, Dallas really brought it with uh, the physicality of having 31 hits in last night's game and the Hurricanes having 18. And, you know, that was something that I believe Trip Tracy mentioned on the broadcast of how in years past when the Hurricanes have played Dallas, whether it's in Dallas or in Raleigh, it used to get pushed around big time because of the stars style of game. You know, it seems like, you know, regardless of the coach, you know, they're, they're a really physical team. That seems like that is something that has, that's just embedded in the stars DNA, regardless of who's on the team, who's behind the bench, whatever. And, you know, the hurricanes are, you know, able to match that now and not get pushed around as much as they did, you know, you know, I mentioned the hits of, you know, 31 to 18, but the Hurricanes, they can bring the physicality now as well, which is, which is big for them. And, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, earlier, you know, Joe Pavelski and Brent Burns, you know, having, you know, that connection that Brent Burns shot was ridiculous. Oh my Lord. That, that was, that one had me screaming in my chair. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that one was like, it was one of those goals where you're just like, what just happened? Because that he knocked the crap out of that puck. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah it, it wasn't even like watching it. Not really even a goalie screen. I mean, that's off the faceoff, and mm-hmm. I mean that's that's just a, a like you said, a beautiful shot from a, a veteran defenseman. And Jake Ottinger's been one of the best goalies in the league this season. And sometimes mm-hmm. you just you just get beat, and that's that's what happened yeah. there. And I had mentioned before the game on on Twitter that the faceoff battle was going to be important. I think going into the game. Both teams were in the top five. I don't remember the exact placements, but an overall faceoff win percentage. And I said, you know, the winner of the faceoff battle could very well be the winner of the game. And that's the case. Her, Carolina was 59% and Dallas went 41. And I mean, that the, the shorthanded goal, of course, was big, but that goal as well. I mean, the Stars mm-hmm. not able to win that defensive zone draw. And it, it led to a, a shot on goal and, you know, a goal, a, a shot that ended up going in and ended up being the, the, the deciding factor in overtime as they're proceeded to me no more goals in the third period yeah and, and we'll talk more about you know, that goal and momentum shift and we'll, we'll talk more about all that stuff right after this quick break folks now folks you know the hurricanes and stars got more games coming up and if you're wanting to place bets on any of those fan duel is the place to go and if you're not wanting to bet on hockey you're wanting to bet on football The NFL playoffs are here, and we are really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, and that's, of course, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features right now to make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers can join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all of your favorite bets 
from the money line to point spreads to player props. And again, you know, whether you're wanting to bet on hockey, bet on football, bet on basketball, bet on baseball, FanDuel has you covered. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance for a bigger payout with a same game parlay. And it's all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, hockey fans, basketball fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Now, diving back on into the game, you know, Heading into the second period, the Stars had the lead. You know, they came away uh, with that Jason Robertson uh, goal. It was at 15-17 in the first. It was towards the end of the first period. And that was coming not too long after that Wyatt Johnson one, which was at 10-59 in the first. You know, so the Stars are really able to take momentum on that back half of the, <clears throat> excuse me, of the first period so for brent burns to come out uh just under five minutes into the second period tie up the game that was big for the hurricanes you know i feel and especially after frederick anderson going down on toronto then coming in to start the second you know they needed some momentum big time and you know brent burns gave them some momentum yeah no more goals in the second no more in the third but you know i think that that burns goal following that Anderson injury, that that really played a big factor into this game. I think that that, you know, people seem to forget the mental aspect of the game. You talk about, you know, this, the Stars, you know, with their overtime losses now, maybe being in their own head a little bit. You know, that's definitely the case for the Hurricanes earlier in the season. And for them to see that shot, and just how good it was off the face off, mate. Little bit of a fire in him, like heck yeah, you know we got this. Yeah, I, I think that, that that was huge, like you said, because uh, you talk about how we as hockey fans and viewers can sometimes fail to to understand or overestimate the mental side of the game, and especially for Ronta having to come in that situation, probably wasn't anticipating having to play in this game. I mean, that's not easy to go from sitting on the bench to not having a ton of time to warm up. I mean, he was well removed from the pregame skate, you know, before puck drop because he sat out pretty much the entire first period and then had to jump in and, you know, he has to stand firm. And I mean, a lot of times that's not a great situation for a team. And then, you know, he takes a, an errant stick from Mason Marchment that doesn't get called. I know as the game yeah, went on, I, the, the referees totally forgot about that. The referees just kind of let things fly on for both teams. I think down the stretch, uh, mm-hmm. and we're probably doing the stars some favors on some of the calls that didn't get called with with the shorthanded goal they allowed. But I mean, that's a just a tricky situation. We saw Ronta kind of you know messing with his helmet and some other. I, I think at one point he was kind of shaking his arm. Like there was some speculation of are we about to have a an e bug situation, mm-hmm. and that would have shifted the game again entirely. But I think that Brent Burns' goal did wonders for the Hurricanes in terms of a, obviously on the scoreboard, but also on the mental side as well of Ronta knows that his guys are out there fighting for him and they want to help him get the win. And, you know, Brent Burns, I mean, it's a simple play. Win the faceoff, shoot the puck, it goes in. But, I mean, I think that was a a huge point in the game for the confidence of the team. 
Yeah, I, I really do as well. And yeah, I totally forgot about Ronta, you know, getting knocked in the head, you know, because he was messing with his helmet. He was rolling his uh head and neck, you know, thinking like, oh crap, you know, is he, you know, is he gonna go out with an upper body injury as well? Again, you know, as of recording right now, haven't heard anything. We're gonna assume no news is good news in uh in that aspect. But yeah, I think that you know, one thing with the Hurricanes, you know, going forward now is now you're down Freddie Anderson again. You know, as of now, there's no been no updates on you know whether or not he's going to be playing in the next game, how long he'll be out, whatever. So far, no updates. Uh, and you know, I think that they need to really buckle down and get things ready to go. You already got Max Pacioretty out again. And, and, you know, obviously you have freak injuries both times, you know, no slight against Max at all, uh, freak stuff. But, you know, that's 10 million or 9 million, you know, rough 9, 10 million there. Freddie Anderson, if he is out for a significant amount of time, you know, he's already missed a good chunk of the season already. And then depending on how this goes, they could have upwards of 14 million to play with at the trade deadline. And that is crazy. You know, going into the season there right up against the cap. It's crazy to think about, man. Yeah, that that's, it's one of those things where it's unfortunate to see these players go down. You talk about freak injuries and you never want to see that for any player at any position, but that opens up things a little bit for this team that still has plenty of talent, plenty of depth, and, you know, could go out and make a pretty big move to, solidify themselves as the leader of the metro i know it's a little bit of a tight race right now with you know the canes and the devils but i I think a big splash at the deadline could you know do a lot for this team is there a player that you have in mind or that you would want the canes to go after man i i honestly don't even know it's not something i've really given a whole lot of thought about because of the cap situation you know because all right you know we had max petretti coming back you know at the start of the year you know uh, obviously came back ahead of schedule uh you know back at the beginning of january but we're looking at right around this time of the year that we're at now would be when he was coming back so we're like okay yeah that's gonna be nine million on the cap there you know so we're not really thinking about anything because that would essentially have been our trade deadline acquisition because it's right around the same time so I really hadn't given it a whole lot of thought. This is going to be something I'm going to have to think about it now. You know, obviously big thing, you know, in terms of, you know, getting someone that can score goals, you know, that was why Max Pacioretty was brought in, you know, having lost Nina Niederreiter and other guys. That was why he was brought in to score goals. And he did in his uh, brief time with the Hurricanes this season. But, you know, a goal scorer and then you know, maybe some more physicality as well you know we talk about you know that fight that we had last night you know we also had that massive hit from calvin dehan on jason robertson which mm-hmm. was crazy yeah you because know, you don't see that from calvin a whole lot so you know to see a hit like that that, that was fun you could definitely hear the crowd on tv after oh, that yeah. one but yeah like it's i, I don't know man because it's a lot of cap room. It's not like, oh, you got $4 million in cap space or something. Like You got a little bit of room, but not a whole lot. Like the Hurricanes, 
heck, even with just Max being out, they still got a whole lot. I don't know what they do. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to follow. Uh, I mean, I like this time of year with the trade deadline. It's you teams always just seem to make moves that you don't fully expect. And I mean, I think Carolina is going to be a very interesting team to eye with some of the big names on the market. And, and it's you know the opposite of where Dallas finds themselves, where they're you know kind of up against the cap right now, not a ton of space just due to them re-signing a lot of their key young players, but. You know, they might could make a, a small move here or there to try to add some forward depth or maybe some defenseman mm-hmm. depth. And, you know, we're already starting to see some trades go down. I know Colorado and San Jose made a trade during the, the game last night. Mm-hmm. And so the, the first domino has fallen. And as, you know, the, the next month or so transpires, I'm sure we're going to see a lot more. And I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe we see a, one of the big names, a, a Bo Horvat or a Timo Meyer head to Carolina and really, you know, bolster that roster. Yeah, uh, both of those names have been mentioned in potential trades. And, you know, we can continue to speculate on our team's trade deadline moves. We can continue to talk about this game, things we liked, things we didn't like. And we will do all of that right after this quick break. All right, folks, we're back. And, you know, looking at, you know, last night's game, you know, we talk about, you know, the physicality, the offense, all that stuff. And, you know, we're talking about trade deadline as well you know you mentioned right before the break of the hurricanes you know potentially bringing in both horvat or timo meyer both of those have been names that have been floated around it just be what they would have to give up i could potentially see them making those moves again like i said not a whole i haven't given trade deadline a whole lot of thought because of lack of cap space now you mentioned you know the stars not having a whole lot of cap space and you know because of signing you know younger players and you know maybe making some smaller moves who would be someone you'd want the stars to potentially bring in whether it's someone on the hurricanes or someone else yeah it's kind of i'm in the same situation where there's not a ton of specific names out there i mean there's a few teams or you know some rosters that i think could be interesting to look at like the stars just played the coyotes last Saturday. And uh, I mentioned, you know, on the pod that while there, it's not the most intriguing matchup in terms of the record or the overall fate of the central division with Arizona being where they're at, you know, that that team is going to be selling at the deadline mm-hmm. and they have, you know, a plethora of, of forwards that could, you know, potentially find themselves getting moved, but you have to also do it within budget. And it also just depends on who and what the stars are willing to give up. Uh, Mm Because they're in an interesting situation, the stars are, where they're just under $1.5 million in current cap space, according to Cap Friendly. But you also have a really nice pool of prospects that you could trade or move some guys if you wanted to, but you also don't want to give up too much and and sacrifice your future for, you know, of course, you want to try to win a Stanley Cup now. I think the stars are in a window where they can compete for one of those with the roster that they have. But you also want to be good for for a long time and, and be a team like a a Tampa or what I think Colorado is right now, that's going to be making it deep in the postseason every year. So, uh, I mean, as far as specific players, not, not too many come to mind. Yeah. I know there's been a lot of discussion about maybe Jesse Pugliarvi from Edmonton, maybe mm-hmm. a one for one between him and Dennis Gurionov. Cause both of those players, we we've seen the flashes from both of them before, but they both this season have been wildly underperforming and been, you know, under expectations, but maybe a change of scenery does a lot for those guys. And, you know, I mentioned Arizona, they have guys like 
Nick Ritchie, who's going to be a UFA. He's only $2.5 million, his cap hit. Uh, Nick Bugstad, another guy who's under a million dollars, only $900,000, 30 years old. Some of those guys are veteran players that, you know, they might not be the craziest in the statistical area, but, you know, they provide some nice veteran insight to the locker room. Uh, I know Jacob Chikrin has been a hot topic of discussion across the league. Don't necessarily mm-hmm. see him being a star just with the the cap space he takes up at $4.6 million and the term. But, I mean, if the Stars could manipulate some sort of move there to add to the defenseman depth, I think that could go a long way as well. So those are just a few names and a few teams. I know Carolina is a little bit tricky. I feel like it'd be difficult for the Stars and Canes to, to orchestrate a deal because I think they both like their teams. And mm-hmm. you know, I think they'll both make moves, but I just don't know if they would deal with one another with both of them kind of being in a similar situation at the top of their division close to or at the top of their conference and you know i but i, I think both of these teams will make moves and the rosters will look different come playoff time yeah i, I definitely agree there and yeah it we're still a ways away from the deadline itself so there's no telling what could happen we could see something come out at eight o'clock tonight about you know, the stars looking at this person or the canes looking at that person. You know, like we we don't know. This stuff can change every single day. And one thing I forgot to talk about earlier when we were talking about the game, Jacob Slavin didn't play either. Mm. Yeah, because he's out. And you know, so that meant Dylan Coglin was slot slotting in. That was his hundredth career game. Yeah, so big congratulations to him. But he's a guy, honestly, I think he would be a trade piece. You know, whether the Hurricanes did something with the stars or the Oilers or the Leafs or whoever, you know, I think Dylan Coglin probably be a piece in that that trade or trades, you know, plural, uh, whatever they do, because he just you talk about you know guys need to change the scenery. I, I think that's him. Hey, he's not it's not cutting it here. Uh, but you know, we'll see how next game goes. Next game for the Hurricanes is tomorrow against San Jose. Uh, so we'll see how things slot in for the Hurricanes in that game, whether we see Frederick Anderson come back, Jacob Slavin come back, if they can continue the momentum. Uh, I think, you know, big thing, you know, with the Hurricanes in that game against San Jose is really going to be (laughs) not giving up opportunities because that has been an issue against San Jose. I not sure if James Reimer is playing right now, uh, but I know typically when they have played San Jose, it, James Reimer has been in net and he has looked like a freaking Vesna candidate against them <laughs> because, again, he's a guy that knows how this team operates. So and he he really takes advantage of that. Again, I'm not sure if he's playing. I know he's dealing with some injury issues, uh, but. Yeah, the Stars next game is again is also on Friday against the New Jersey Devils, a team also towards the top of the Metro Division. What do you think the Stars need to do to be able to at least make a step in back in the right direction? Yeah, I think the easy answer is win in regulation, or yeah. you know, heaven forbid, the third game of the week <gasps> go to overtime, find a way to win in overtime. I, I it's the Stars' last game. Before the All-Star break, they'll be off mm-hmm. for the next several days and then even before All-Star weekend. So the most important thing is getting two points out of this game. You want to go into the break with confidence and with the win and feeling good about your position. 
and it's going to be easier said than done, but this is going to be the second and final meeting between the Stars and Devils, and the Stars were able to get a win in New Jersey earlier this season. On the same road trip, they played Carolina, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, they got the win at Prudential Center, so it's it's possible. It can be done, but I, I think this is going to be a big test for the Stars from a confidence standpoint. They haven't mm -hmm. lost three games in a row yet this season, so that's going to be on the line going into this game, and, and it should be entertaining, and I'm, I'm hoping they can get the win for their sake, but also I know it would help the, the Hurricanes out as well and uh, maybe help give the Canes some breathing room if they're able to get the win uh, on Friday. I think that makes the point separation at least four. So that, that's going to yeah. be you know something I'm sure Canes fans won. And I know that's going to be – I'm pretty sure that's going to be Brent Burns' return to San Jose, is it not? His first game back? Regular season uh, return, yes. Yeah. Um, he – they played there during the preseason, and actually, no, okay. San Jose is here. I just oh, pulled I it back you. up. Okay. They're, okay. they're here in Raleigh. Uh, that was right. They, at the very beginning of the season, because they had a road trip at the very beginning of the season because of the state fair, uh, they were out there. Um, so, yeah, this is it's going to be an interesting one for you know the Hurricanes and the Stars. I'm pulling up the standings right now because you mentioned of uh, just how it can potentially affect the hurricanes in the metro division standings and yeah if the hurricanes you know were the devils are only two points back so you know hurricanes lose to same as they new jersey wins boom they're tied for first in the metro so yeah the hurricanes really do need the stars to you know come away with that win or heck, at least, you know, you know, whether it be in regulation or overtime, you know, even just holding the Devils to one point, you know, that it's going to be big for the Hurricanes because of just how tight, you know, this race is. Because right now the Hurricanes are 39 and 8 at 68 points, you know, and the Devils are at 31, 12 and 4 with 66 points. A little bit of a gap. Uh, between New Jersey and the Rangers there. But, you know, you know the Stars, they also need that win as well. Because I scrolled down a little bit. You, know, you mentioned just how close that race is there. You know, they're at 65 points. You had 28, 13, and 9. Winnipeg's right on their heels. Two points back, just like the Devils, at 31, 17, and 1, and 63 points. So, you know, definitely important games. You know, what may seem like just meaningless games you know, right before the all-star break you know, could like you mentioned earlier affect playoff seating come you know a couple months from now you know you never know absolutely and i mean that's kind of the the crushing part of this past week for the stars if they are able to pick up two points in a lot of in the game against buffalo and the game against carolina i think they're in a better position going into their off week but you look at the the standings as well and the thing with the stars is they're They've played more games than almost everyone in their division. Winnipeg is only a game behind right now, but Colorado and Minnesota both have only played 46 games, so they have those games in hand. And while the Stars are just kind of sitting around not playing, that gives those teams opportunities to catch back up a little bit, whereas the distance could have been a little bit greater. It's mm -hmm. not too pressing right now with Colorado at 55 yeah. points, Dallas was 65, but Colorado, again, has four games in hand at the moment. Uh, I believe they'd actually play, I believe it's the Ducks on Thursday night. So by the end of the day, it'll be three games in hand. But nonetheless, uh, it's a you know a game, like you said, Dallas absolutely needs to win from 
standings perspective, but also I think from a confidence perspective against the Devils. And it should be a great game. It was a great game the first time these teams got together. And Dallas is going to be, you know, I, I assume coming out with a little bit of fire after how this week has gone. And they're, mm-hmm. they're going to look to, you know, go into the break with, with a win. And I'm excited for the break for them because almost the entire team is going to get time off. Only Jason Robertson and Pete DeBoer going to the All-Star game representing the Central. So a lot of the players are going to get some much needed rest. And then it's the, you know, the crunch time back half of the season where, you know, a lot of teams start to fall off a little bit in terms of the tanking side. But then teams like Dallas and Carolina are going to keep chugging, trying to be first in their division. Yeah, uh, they're going to look to both teams look to get a bit more of a cushion, you know, in terms of, you know, their seating uh, in the division. Because like you said, a lot of teams, you know, that could potentially make a run at that central. They got games in hand and with Dallas dropping those games, they don't really have a whole much, a whole lot of a cushion there. You know, should Colorado get hot? Should Minnesota get hot? You know, they, they could easily climb up those standings. You know, same with the Hurricanes and the Devils. Mm-hmm. Devils could easily leapfrog them, you know, but we'll just have to wait and see. It's going to be interesting next couple of weeks, uh, next couple months, really. You know, we're getting into that back half of the season. I'm ready for it. You did mention uh, it being you thinking it was Brent Burns' return to San Jose. It's not that. It's Stephen Lawrence's return to Raleigh. That's mm. what that game is. <laughs> uh, so, obviously, a lot of Hurricane fans looking forward to that. Obviously, a lot of Stars fans looking forward to their next game against the Devils. Dane, where can everyone find you on social media? Yeah, you can just find me at Dane double underscore Lewis on Twitter. And if you're more interested in Dallas Stars news and updates, you can just search Locked on Stars on Twitter as well. And the podcast free and available wherever you can find your podcast. And, you know, wherever if you're a Hurricanes fan and want more info on the Stars down the stretch, should these teams meet up again, again, wink, wink, foreshadowing potentially for the Stanley Cup, uh, you can find us wherever you find Locked on Hurricanes. Yeah, and for you Stars fans and Hurricanes fans, of course, you can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Hurricanes and myself on Twitter at Jared Ellis underscore 96. Dane, it was great talking to you about the game. Great talking about potential trade deadline moves, talking about what these teams need to do and look forward to talking to you maybe in the playoffs. Yeah, hopefully. I'd be very, very pleased if we got a best of seven series between these teams. So always a pleasure, Jared. Always a pleasure as well. I'll talk to you guys later.